As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Words, a podcast that talks about writing, publishing and promoting your future best-selling novel. I'm Holly Hunt, author of The Holiday Killer and your host for this series. Welcome to Chapter 2, Episode 12, Initiating Change in Your Characters. Character development is, first and foremost, about growing your characters. Not in terms of numbers, and getting a vision of a million bunnies with different names hopping off into the distance, but in terms of aptitude, intelligence, ability, and attitude. In order to ensure the growth of a character, you have to challenge them, but you also have to ensure they're both worthy and not worthy of the challenges they face. What does this mean? It means that in order to learn like a child would, a character has to make mistakes to misstep now and then. Think about when you were a child and your mother told you not to do something because she said it would hurt. You did the thing, didn't you? And you learned from it. You never did it again. You never touched the hot stove again. You never ran around with scissors again. The same thing is necessary for a character. Don't run off the cliff. Your wings don't work. They run off the cliff. A strap breaks. They fall. They have to recover. But the next time, they will triple check that strap and everything else that can go wrong. They will learn and they will grow out of those lessons. Let's have a look at a great piece of character development on a fairly widespread scale. Let's have a look at a great piece of character development on a fairly widespread scale. In the How to Train Your Dragon movie, the people of Burke begin hunting and hating dragons, and the dragons, in kind, hunt and hate the humans. Hiccup and Toothless, the dragon, come to an uneasy truce. They learn to grow together. When the chips come down and Toothless is discovered, the people of Burke set out to destroy the quote-unquote enemy dragons once and for all. When they find out they're overpowered by a rather larger dragon, they find their exit cut off, and Hiccup, along with his peers and their new dragon partners, swing in to save the day. In the end, the dragons and humans form an alliance and everyone benefits. The humans grow from being dragon haters to working with the dragons to help everyone survive. This is character development. You set a few small challenges in front of the character, with him failing some and passing others, and gradually increase the difficulty to match the character's abilities. Raise the hurdles each time he wins, and have him keep battling and scraping through until they defeat the big boss. Character development is key to keeping your readers engaged with your story. Without it, your story will lack body, and your readers will tune out. Keep your characters engaging, keep them growing, and keep the readers following your every word. 
And here to give us a better grasp of character development is the author of Apocalypse, Diary of a Survivor, Matt Pike. How are you, Matt? Hey, yeah, good. So? Pretty good. Tell me about Apocalypse. So it's basically a teen guy from Adelaide who, through happenstance, finds out early about impending global disaster or a comet striking the Earth. Just enough time to essentially hoard some food before the general public find out. And so he's basically a novice prepper prepping on the fly for a real-world event that happens. 90% of the world's population's wiped out. 90% of Adelaide, his home city's population's wiped out. Communication, utilities are gone. And yeah, it's his story of like finding out early, prepping on the fly and surviving the event and then surviving the survivors beyond that, I suppose. What kind of tricks do you employ to show your character's development through your book? Yeah, um, I don't know if they're tricks, really. I think it's just something you kind of... I guess you're thinking about it in every scene because I think in your head, like it's really hard as you go on your journey, I suppose you kind of picture an idea of where you want character to go in terms of what you want them to achieve, I guess, story and plot-wise. But at the same time, they have to parallel in their own personal experiences and interactions and they kind of have to build up a resilience around that or some experience and bouncing back around that. So I think it's like, it's almost every scene where there's dialogue and you know right through and just little conflicts with other characters i think every little element of that is building character development in a way if you've got your eye on the prize where you want the character to go at the end of the story so it's between that and obviously their reactions to the key events that make them as people and how they bounce back from that i suppose so i don't know yeah i don't even know if there's a trick as such i just think it's like yeah, I just want to, at every point in time, challenge them as people to, to find themselves in ways that they probably never thought they were going to, my characters. And then, and then I think that's what kind of makes you root for them or against them as uh, characters in my book. Would you liken it to, say, a boxing match where as soon as you recover from one punch, you hit him with something else? I think you, you kind of always have to be thinking like that because, yeah, definitely, because you never want any sort of smooth sailing throughout any part of the book, even if that's at a scene level. You kind of always want, and kind of something I always try to do as a writer is um, not A to B right, I call it. So if I've got a goal, you know, A within a scene or B within a larger context around where I want a character to go, I kind of don't want to telegraph where I'm going with that. So so for me, it's like, yeah, just it's hiding things along the way or you're bringing a third party device into that scene that kind of hides those steps. But I think you are creating that in every step along the way. You are creating a rolling kind of yeah contest i suppose and at each level the stakes kind of rise because yeah they're either they're more exhausted or whatever and they're battling harder or or what have you but yeah yeah that, that's a good way of putting it i suppose some people have particular things they like to do to particular characters to try and develop their their character development you know to put it really redundantly for example, for me, if I have a slaver in my story, eventually they're going to become friends with the slave and it's going to completely destroy them when the slave either dies or gets sold. Is there something like that that you do with your stories? Uh, yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, and I did notice that. So I've got three different series on the go. Kind of The first book I ever wrote was called Kings of the World. It was about four kids who become heroes of the galaxy from, from Earth, as you do. But anyway, the second book, so all, all the... Um, their character arc so everything that made them a strength at the end of the first book was something i wanted to put them in a relationship with someone else in the second book that totally took that away or undermined it at some 
really significant level. So everything that they thought was a power of theirs, then they had to totally, was gone in, in at some level or another. So they totally had to rethink who they were again. And I like that sort of stuff because otherwise, I think that's how you get kind of a three-dimensional element to your characters. And because you just can't let them continue just being X person here. And the only way to really challenge that is to, to strip away exactly the things that they thought made them to get to the point they were and make them, yeah, constantly learn and reassess who they are. And, and I think if you're telling that story or just like looking at ways to find that story within your characters, then, then you are building character development every step of the way through that. Do you agree with the statement that character development never stops? I don't know, because kind of don't want to get to a spot where you've kind of got, you view your character through a one-dimensional lens, I suppose, or you're telling that story of that person through how you see them at a certain level, because as soon as you start doing that, and if you're not questioning that level or challenging it as a writer, then I think the audience will get bored with A, the character, and also where the story's going. So I think you really have to always be challenging your own perception of your characters. And the only way to do that is kind of to, I suppose, yeah, be constantly throwing situations, not just like plot level situations, but, you know, even at a subtle level, things that are going to test them for their belief systems emotionally and of course also around the key story elements and if you're doing that on all three of those levels then then you're getting some real deep character development i believe how many characters do you believe you can actually develop within the space of a single story before it becomes completely unmanageable gee i don't know if there's a number to that but i think that's a really tricky question i think i suppose the most number of characters i would have in any series is that the um Starships of Dorsana, so the kings of the world. So there's a significant a cast of characters. But then I think you just got to go, okay, so I've got four leads and I have X amount of significant others. And you kind of, really the only way you can t- ever going to tell that story properly is to just focus significantly on the four leads, build a picture around the secondary, you know, cast of characters and give maybe a flavour to the characters that come in and out of the world enough that they feel believable. But I think you're going to get in trouble if you try drilling down to those level cases. So I think if you're really aware of the significance of each character within the story, then you can write to a level of fulfilment around them throughout the story. Otherwise, yeah, I don't know what the number is, but I think you've just got to have your kind of writer lens on to go, okay, so what, what is worth telling about character X or Y? So you believe, stick to your primaries, two-dimension the secondaries, and then just sprinkle them the tertiaries? Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't say two-dimensional the secondaries. I don't know the term I'd use. It's more like you can show character development in plenty of ways, but not, I just think, yeah, if you get kind of too drawn into being totally complete about everyone's development to, to entire levels, then I think you'll just distract from the story itself. So I think it's... I think it's a bit of a tightrope walk, I suppose, assessing where they fit in the story structure, what you want out of them, and trying to create a 3D, even if it's in a small space, for character X, but don't yet delve too deep, I suppose. Where can we find you and Apocalypse and all your other books? Um, oh, okay, the, probably the best spot is mattpike.co, that's .co, M-A-T-T-P-I-K-E. Uh, so it's my website, so you should be able to find everything that I've done there and where to buy, and reviews and all sorts of stuff. And yeah, you can also find me at um, Matt J. Pike also on Facebook as well. But yeah, they're the best two spots. Is there anything else you would like to say to the audience? Uh, no, other than they, people can get in touch with me if they do have any questions, if they're writing their own books around character development, you can 
contact me via the website because I'm always happy to answer questions. And yeah, good luck writing. Thanks for being on the show, Matt. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, no worries. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Today, I will be reviewing Apocalypse, Diary of a Survivor, Book 1, by Matt Pike. I found myself getting horribly wrapped up in the story, so much that, towards the end, when Fiona's head hits the wall, I physically winced in the lunchroom at work. I love post-apocalyptic stories, so much potential. I'm glad the author didn't go the betrayal route with Josh, Fye, and the MC, that would have sucked and proven me right. The story is well written. Though I do have to raise the point that, if the story was started better, I wouldn't have needed to read the blurb to realise the main character was a male, not a female. There was so much girly attitude to the first 30-40 to 40 pages, I seriously thought the main character was female. It was so confusing. I'm going to have to grab the next book because I want to find out what happens. I can imagine the phoenix being hijacked and the MC stranded, but that's about it. In my opinion, everyone should read this book. It doesn't drag or speed past, and the diary entry format means that the fast ships between happy and sad and happy again aren't as jarring as they would otherwise have been. All in all, a great book to read. Beyond the Words is a proud member of the Modern Meltdown podcasting network. Check out our website or follow our Facebook for witty and amusing updates.